All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show, your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Has the clock struck midnight for the Stanley Cup Cinderella New York Rangers? Welcome into the Daily Faceoff Show. Today is Friday, June 10th, day 40 of the Stanley Cup playoffs. He's Matt Larkin, Daily Faceoff senior writer and managing editor. Matt, how you doing? I'm good, Frank. I'm liking the swag you have going on there. And I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling excited. I feel like the Colorado Avalanche right now because I'm kind of champing at the bit. I'm just excited. We're guaranteed a good cup final matchup no matter who advances from the East. So I'm looking forward well, to that. If you're feeling like the Colorado Avalanche, you're also looking a little bit like him. You got the burgundy on, the maroon. You are ready to go for game one of the Stanley Cup final, which will either be Wednesday if the Eastern Conference final ends on Saturday night in game six, or it will be Saturday, June 18th if the New York Rangers can force game seven and also bump Justin Bieber from the garden. I don't know if you're a believer or not, but let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and let's drop the puck to talk about that game five. The New York Rangers, maybe that's the story of this series, the missed opportunities, because they've had a ton. They've had the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions on the ropes, Matt. They had a lead in game three in Tampa, were not able to close it out. They had a lead in game five in the third period at the Garden, were not able to close it out. They've had a chance to put the skate to the throat of the Bolts, haven't been able to do it. So as we look towards the Tampa Bay Lightning getting a win on the road, ending the New York Rangers' eight-game winning streak at the Garden, what are, what's your thoughts? How do you feel about the New York Rangers trying to keep this series alive? 
Well, I feel like both teams were and are who we thought they were, and they're showing the, the strengths and weaknesses we expected them to show. And for the New York Rangers, it's special teams. It's the power play. They've been dependent on that power play for the whole playoffs. And what's happened the last two games, they've had three power plays. The toy has been taken away from the New York Rangers, who are just not nearly as good five on five. You could say it's tremendous discipline from an experienced team that can adjust like the Tampa Bay Lightning. You could say it's officiating or a lack thereof, that the vessels are letting the calls go too much and that's hurting the Rangers. But either way, we know this team is not as good five on five as Tampa Bay Lightning. The scoring chances at five and five in the series are 143 to 100 for Tampa Bay. So even though the score is even at five on five, I think if you continue to get way more chances than your opponent, eventually the tide's going to turn in your favor. And the Rangers, I think they're just not as effective at even strength. They're also banged up. I think that's something to worry about. We know John Cooper. He mentioned that the nine day layoff, it might have hurt Tampa Bay at the beginning, but I think it's helping them now. New York Rangers have played every second day, 19 games in what, 37 or 38 days. Yeah, I think that's a factor. And as you mentioned, if you're not getting the power play opportunities, you better be scoring at even strength. They've scored just four goals in their last three games, three of them on the power play. That leaves just one at five on five. And the fact that that's happened at, you know, maybe the most inopportune moment of the season as you've blown a two nothing series lead to turn it into a three, not, three to two deficit, that really puts the Rangers in a tough spot for a team that has not had success on the road to now go to Tampa when the two-time defending Stanley Cup champs have an opportunity to get back to the final for the third straight year with a win on home ice on Saturday night. I'm not loving the prospects of that for New York. Yeah, it's true. And especially if you look at the kid line, I thought maybe that was starting to turn the tide and give the Rangers some depth. I mentioned it on the show before, but with Philip Heedle, he's been banged up. He did return, of course, for game five, but maybe he's playing through something now. And I'm not seeing the same strength up and down the lineup from the Rangers that maybe they seem to have going into this series. I know they've been resilient. Five and own elimination games, I believe, the Rangers. But the Lightning, they're not going to shake about that. They're not going to quiver. They're the two-time defending champs. Well, and look at a reason why they're not going to back down in a clinching situation. Andre Vasilevsky, the big cat, 7-0, and last seven series clinching games. Look at that save percentage. I mean, six shutouts, nearly flawless. It's incredible what he's been able to accomplish and, and help bolster the bolts as they try to get back to that third consecutive cup final. A big reason why they're on that way, Matt, is Andre Palat. You know, we've got... Justin Williams, Mr. Game 7. Should we just start calling Andre Palat Mr. Conference Final? 15 career goals in the Conference Final round, which is absolutely amazing. Um, and you look at his playoff production. He's sort of, I don't want to call him the forgotten unrestricted free agent, but he's on our top 50 UFA board. And these playoffs show why he deserves a pretty high ranking. Um but I wonder if in some way with the way that these playoffs are unfolding that the Lightning just say, you know what, this guy is so critical to our success. There's no chance that we could let him walk in free agency. We've got to find a way to pay him. I could certainly see that being the case. It's always a, a tough uh, dance for Julian Brisebois trying to navigate that cap in Tampa. But he's been such a big part of what they've done and clearly also a John Cooper favorite. 
That's right. And if you look at those 11 game winners among active players, only Joe Pavelski and Evgeny Malkin have more game winning goals in the playoffs among active NHLers. He's been tremendous. And what's interesting to me about Palat is the consistency in the regular season for his career, 55 points per 82 games in the playoffs, 54.5 points per 82 games. You get the same player all season long, very consistent, very reliable at both ends of the ice. He can play on a scoring line, but he's defensively responsible. The question for the Lightning is, are you going to have to make a decision between Andre Palat and Nick Paul? Nick Paul is four years younger than Palat. He's probably going to cost, give or take, I think half. If you look at the AAV that Palat has commanded, and if you look for a comparable, I'm looking at Blake Coleman, who is the same birth year as Palat in 1991. He gets six years times 49 million with that sort of boost in price because he's a winner. And if Andre Palat ends up winning three straight Stanley Cups, I think the Coleman contract is probably the floor. So the Lightning, I think they can fit him under the cap, but it will mean having to say goodbye to Nick Paul. So I don't think Nick Paul's going to come cheap either. He had asked the Ottawa Senators for four years times $3 million. They weren't able to meet that demand for $12 bucks. Now Nick Paul goes there, has elevated his game in the playoffs, and has shown that he's probably going to get more than that. If you're Palat, though, as successful as this run has been in Tampa and as much as you'd love to stay there and keep trying to win, if you do win a third straight Stanley Cup, do you just take the money at that point and say, you know what, I've loved my time here, but this is my one major contract that I'm going to have in my career to really, uh, you know, set myself up for life? I think it's a fair question. If you look at the AAV, I believe it's $5 million he's been at for his current contract. And yes, of course, we know with the tax breaks in Tampa, it's a little bit more. It's the equivalent of a bit more. But I think you could argue he's delivered far more than that in terms of value. Maybe he's been a six or six and a half million dollar player. And this is his chance to make sort of his set for life kind of money. You have to think about that if you already have the three cup rings. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating debate uh, for Andre Palat and for the Lightning themselves. What direction do they go? I think you see Julian Brisebois, the way that he's been able to turn over uh, that third line and kind of constantly find those players to plug in there. Maybe it's harder to find a Palat uh, than to just get new blood on that third line, but they also gave up a lot to get Nick Paul, and certainly they have Brandon Hagel under contract, so he'll be remaining, but Man, not an easy spot to be in for the Lightning. But I guess if you win a third cup, you go, eh, we'll figure it out after the fact. And certainly they will do that. It feels like the Colorado Avalanche, Matt, I don't know, stopped playing two weeks ago. Like it, it, We're so used to this cadence of every other night. I really wonder what the Avs are feeling at the moment. What are they rooting for and who are they rooting for? Do they want to get back to playing and start the Stanley Cup final mm -hmm. as soon as they can, which could be Wednesday night if the Lightning are able to wrap it up on Saturday? Or are they like, you know what, Nazem Kadri's hurt, Andre Burakovsky's been banged up, Darcy Kemper has obviously been hurt. You know, what happens with Andrew Cogliano and his hand? Uh, Jared Bednar seemed to put a, a pretty optimistic tone out there on Thursday about the potential of those players, or some of them at least, or all of them playing in this Stanley Cup final. I'm not sold that that's necessarily the case, maybe a healthy dose of optimism. But given what the Lightning have gone through trying to find their footing again in this series, it took them a little bit. If you're the Avs, do you look at that and say, I I'd really rather be playing again? I, it's so tough. I, I have a headache just trying to make this call. It's a great question. And I think if the Avalanche, you want the series to start sooner. For one, you saw what happened to Tampa Bay with that rust effect. And if you're Colorado, you want to use that home ice advantage and have your legs at home at altitude in game one. I don't think you want a really long layoff. You don't want to give away that home ice advantage in game one. And if you look at the injuries, so for playing out, for example, Tampa Bay, 
as the potential opponent, obviously having the lead in the series. I believe reading the tea leaves that Braden Point is closer to a return than Nazem Kadri is, right? So I think if Kadri is sort of a long shot anyway, then I think a sooner game one means there's less of a chance that Braden Point's going to be ready to play. And we know it's very unlikely that Kadri will be ready for game one. So I think you want the series to start sooner if you're Colorado. Okay, I, and I agree with you. And if you're Colorado, would you rather face the Lightning or the Rangers? Probably a pretty obvious pick that it's the Rangers, right? Yeah, it's got to be the Rangers. It's no disrespect to the Rangers. They're the two-time defending champs, the Tampa Bay Lightning. What's interesting to me is with either opponent, though, for Colorado, you're giving up a significant advantage in net. And that's going to be a storyline no matter what in the Stanley Cup final. With all due respect to Darcy Kemper and Pavel Francouz, it's no contest when you're comparing them to Andre Vasilevsky or Igor Shesterkin. So the, the Avalanche have to be ready for their opponent to have a significant edge in net. Yeah, I- It'd be a really hard time. It, first off, it would be so fitting for these playoffs, which have been great in general in terms of uh, intrigue and drama and storylines. But to have the Lightning and Avs face off in the Stanley Cup final feels like a, a, a matchup of titans. And I, I honestly, with the way the Lightning have gotten there and what they've shown, I would have a, as much as the Avs seem to have been playing on a different level, I'm going to have a really hard time picking against Tampa. Yeah, it's a really fair point. And it's it's fun because the NHL is so unpredictable. The parody, the variance year to year. You know, we had Montreal with the 18th best record in the league, reaching the Stanley Cup final last season. We rarely get this the two on-paper juggernauts on the collision course to meet in the final. It just feels like a special treat. And and again, it's no disrespect to the New York Rangers, but it would sort of bring an extra fun factor if it's the clash of the titans the defending champ against the team that's sort of been knocking on the door and dominant and to me that's a seven game series on paper i think because of the goaltending factor especially it's going to be extremely hard to predict yeah and sheer talent on display sign me up for that if we can get it but not totally willing to count out the rangers just yet let's talk about one team that had a really disappointing season as we continue our down and out series focusing on the vegas golden knights today and that would be a golden knights team that was picked to win the pacific division unanimously on uh dailyfaceoff.com to start the year they trade for jack eichel you're thinking okay this is only going to get better from here they never really found their footing they missed the stanley cup playoffs for the first time in franchise history an incredible track record of success to start uh they end up firing their coach in pete DeBoer. so top of the priority list for the golden knights at least in the short term is to find their next head coach who will that be uh my understanding is uh that they have pivoted hard in the last uh 48 to 72 hours and are keying in on bruce cassidy i think he would be a really intriguing and strong fit for the golden knights but beyond that matt when you look at this summer and how they finagle their cap they're going to have some really interesting decisions to make because they need to get under the cap. They're currently projected to be over it. That's right. And I don't think there's any team for which coaching is more important this offseason because I don't think there's any team that is in a tougher spot to make improvements from within or from the exterior. Because you look at the cap situation, yes, we can predict that Evgeny Dodonov finally will get moved. Maybe this time they show him the respect of trading him to somewhere that's on his actual list this time, right? (laughs) But that would be very nice and courteous of Vegas Golden Knights. But if you look at the rest of the structure, so with the cap, 
Either way, whether you move to Donov or not, it's going to be hard to improve this team by bringing in players, especially from free agency. We've talked about it. The Vegas Golden Knights have been very heartless and calculating the way they treat their players. I don't think it's nearly as appealing of a market. If you're a UFA, do you want to sign there long term, seeing the way they've treated so many of their stars? I think the appeal there has gone down. And if you look at other ways to improve the trade route, well, Look at the assets that would have been available in the past to trade. Cody Glass, Nick Suzuki, Eric Brandstrom, Peyton Krebs, the 2022 first round pick. They're all gone. The cupboard's fairly empty now if you're trying to make another splashy move. So what's left to do? I think you need a coaching change. Well, you're getting the coaching change, but a really impactful coaching change to sort of motivate this group from within because I'm just not seeing the same ability as in recent seasons to improve this group with a big addition. And you have to factor in the health of this group. Robin Lehner, he's six foot four, 240 pounds. There's doubts, in my opinion, about his long-term ability to hold the crease in a big starter's role. And Mark Stone, of course, the back surgery, that's a chronic injury that might follow him for the rest of his career. So this is going to be a very difficult offseason in Vegas. So do they bounce back and get to the playoffs? I think it depends on the coaching hire. I think Vegas should be looking at Barry Trotz really hard because to me, Bruce Cassidy, yes, absolutely a great pick, but Trotz to me changes the team's identity as much as any coach of his generation. He gets a team to play. He makes the team in his image. And I think Vegas is going to need that type of overhaul to be competitive. I just don't see Barry Trotz fitting in in Vegas with that front office that's in place. I don't see them necessarily saying, hey, Barry Trotz, would you like to work in management after you decide that you don't want to coach anymore? That's a big part of his decision as well. I think they've been interested and intrigued by Barry Trotz. I just don't know that it's the fit for him. We'll see. Maybe stranger things happen. If your owner is willing to pay up and pony up $7 bucks a year, well, then maybe that changes the equation a little bit. And perhaps that is the case. I just don't necessarily see that fit. Intrigued to see where Vegas goes on the coaching front and also how they get under the cap if they don't trade the Donoff. One thing about the Donoff, as I mentioned on our trade targets board this week, Matt, 16 points in 16 games. That man acquitted himself quite well after being in a spot that was pretty unsavory from the Vegas Golden Knights. Let's get to, uh, speaking of coaching, let's get some coaching insights from our man, John Goyens, our playoff contributor. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Thank you. 
Pleased to welcome back in John Goyens to the Daily Faceoff Show for some coaching insights delivered by DoorDash. John, when you take a look at this Eastern Conference final, it's been a battle of netminders. Two of the best in the game, Igor against Andre. The Garden chanting, Igor is better. I didn't hear that in Game 5, though, as Vasilevsky uh, kept the Rangers at bay for most of the night and has been nearly flawless at even strength over these last three games. But when you look in, in, at the tape and, and you take a deeper look into what these two goalies have been able to accomplish this series – do you think that they've canceled each other out in a good way? I do. I, you know, unlike the uh, or the Western Conference final, where the, there was a lot of emphasis on goaltending for the wrong reasons. Here, we were looking at the two hottest goalies, the the two studs in nets, and at the end of the day, they both deliver. They're, they're, I mean, and you look at game one and people want his angle taken away by Sergeyev. Fox! Went right, right to the bottom of the circle. Then a stuff on Almost successful by Lindgren. Who's turning into Bobby. Nobody can tell me that that's not a boost for Tampa right there off that save. Vasilevsky's been right up there for the task. He's been right up on the top of his crease when he needs to be. He's already a big guy that takes away a lot of net. I believe strongly that his D have cleared the front of the net uh, to allow him to see the puck a lot better versus what Shesterkin has had to face. And his angle taken away by Sergeyev. Fox! John, uh, right to the bottom of the circle, then a stuff attempt. Almost successful by Lynn. Not playing very much, and he replied he was trying to get certain matchups at times, and it was the way I coached the game. And, of course, the Andrew Kopp line was second among the forward lines in minutes. So, in your mind, why has the kid line not been used more? Well, you know, you guys talked earlier a little bit about guys maybe being banged up and stuff like that. And and young guys, maybe, you know, they, they teeter off a little bit. And that happens. That's natural. But, I mean, there's going to be a clip that's going to be coming up at some point here in the uh, playlist. And you look right here. You look at uh, Lafreniere. He scans the ice and he's up the ice. He's going to attack a veteran triangle right here, make a hell of a move with the blue line. It's just here. It's this extra pass. Look at the blocker side, which they've been aiming for, and he overpasses in this situation. However, the fact that he's creating this early in the game, and he only played about 11, just over 11 minutes, I think that's a youthful legs, youthful legs that they could use and maybe go a little bit more heavy on the top three lines and dispersing the uh, time on ice versus going a little heavier on the top six. So, John, when you take a look at game five, it was a grind it out, slug it out affair. Uh, there was not much space. Um, and, and you look at the lightning and how they were able to be successful in the offensive zone and generate a bit more. How were they able to do that and find that space and get the puck up to the point to create more offense? Well, as we're diving into these clips and we see a lot of a lot of action coming from the blue line, I actually went through all the point shots. You, you see, first of all, you see a block shot here by Hagel. I mean, he was brought in to chip in offensively, but he, you could see that he's embraced the championship swagger here. You talk about transition in general. You talk about place and chase. I know it's not the sexy stuff. I know it's not the analytic stuff, but this type of stuff is what leads to a ring in the playoffs. And the first two goals, the first goal by each team are very similar. Place a chase, finish a hit. In this case, you've got a defenseman coming down the wall, 
Lindgren, he funnels. And what is there? There's a net presence. Place and chase here by Nick Paul. Well, what's going to happen? Colton's not going to go poking at the fire. He's going to finish his hit. Corey Perry's going to join him to disrupt any type of clean play. That, watch Sergachev's feet get outside the blue line to give himself more space. Sends it through. Now, on the replay, we're going to get the camera view from behind the net. Look at what Shesterkin has to deal with. You're dealing with six bodies in his sightline. Six. I mean, it's a fantastic shot. And we're going to even get the overhead now. And the reason I wanted to use this is right here, you're even going to see Nick Paul. If there's a rebound, he's hunting pucks. Nobody's on him. And Tampa's been so good at getting the shots past the first layer of shot blockers. Look at his hands pop out. He gets that drive right through the stick and he finds the screen. And you're not getting a better, one of the best guys in front of the net, obviously. You talk about another situation where maybe they're overpassing. Extra pass, five and a half minutes left, just under six minutes left. I, I'd, be, I'd be telling my guys to go upstairs. Look at Kucherov tracking late in the game. Shoulder check. Stamkos reads him. He's thinking, I'm going to go Gila Fleur down the wing. Puck retrieval. Now watch this play. Little skill play right here. I mean, that would have been highlight of the year. Now let's watch Pallet. So the question is, why can they open it up? They embrace the net. They embrace releasing the pressure. Watch Pallet. He's being followed here by the little icon. And that guy was at all times. Puck retriever twice, release the puck, support the puck high, support the puck middle, and then becomes net presence. And again, get the shot through the first layer of shot blockers by New York. And again, they've got net presence. So I went over 36 shots from the point in this series from the, from the point, not anywhere else, by the Rangers. 12 of them have been screened. Tampa has 59 shot attempts. 30 have been screened for 50.8%. That is a huge difference. Now, championship details. This is the shift after you score. Now, they get a little bit of pressure on, but look at Sorelli and Kalorn reload. Hagel reloads. Killer doesn't go involved and get hit, doesn't, and they're forcing the Rangers to release the puck, dump it, and then it's going back the, the other way. What's happened as the series has gone on is Tampa's been able to connect the dots with every, whether it's their identity as individual players to how they want to play in all three zones at all strengths. And now I'm seeing, especially from the Rangers, now they're double clutching and shot opportunities. They're overpassing, which was Tampa in the first two games. And now it's, as games go later and tighter, this just falls more and more into the championship experience swagger that Tampa brings on a daily basis. Yeah, there's no doubt the Tampa Bay Lightning certainly look more comfortable than the New York Rangers in that spot. If there's not a lot of space, the Lightning are like, yeah, we've been there. We're used to it. The Rangers are still kind of figuring this out for the first time. Thanks so much to John Goyens. This has been the Coach's Room. Some fantastic coaching insight. Love the clips, John. You've done a great job contributing uh, for us uh, throughout the playoffs. Uh, this segment has been delivered by DoorDash. You see the promo codes there at the bottom of your screen. D-F-O-D-D if you're in Canada. D-F-O-D-D if U.S. if you're in the United States. That gets you 25% off and free delivery on your first order. Thanks to John Goins. Great stuff, John. Thank you.
All right, Matt, it's time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. Hashtag ask DFO. Give me one word to describe Palat's near miss with Jacob Truba bearing down on him. I'm going to say lucky. And when I say lucky, I mean for both parties. So this is almost a really dangerous play. I've been a defender of Jacob Truba. I think most of his hits are pretty textbook. He keeps the shoulder tucked. In this case, that arm is sticking out, chicken winging a little bit. And if he makes contact there, maybe a possible head injury, which could have knocked Palat out cold, knocked him out of the series, and I think would have earned a suspension for Truba. So I'm just happy. Everybody's lucky. Everybody got out of it unscathed. Uh, I don't know. I root for controversy. I root for chaos. Uh, I'm going to say terrifying. Uh, you know, it's like Andre Palat uh, just trying to, you know, stay out of the way, trying to so you see Jacob Truber coming at you in the, the quick duck. You're like, man, I, I just av avoided and averted disaster. So uh, that would have definitely been painful. So terrifying is uh, is what stands out for me. A cold forearm shiver from uh, Jacob Truba that would that would have left a mark. Oh my goodness. And again, it's that chicken wing. It's the extending of the arm. And I, I think that Truba gets a bad rap. I think he's the best open ice hitter in the NHL today. I've said that before on the show, but that was not textbook. That was textbook how not to throw a hit. And it would have, I think, cost him an elimination game from the DOPS. Yeah, it certainly could have. Let's bring in Tyler Uramchuk for our daily face-off daily bet segment. Tyler, man, Palat coming through in the clutch. By that much too, like just barely getting a piece of that puck. So we nailed the plot point at minus 110, missed on the Chris Kreider points. So I lost a little bit of money last night, uh, but luckily for me, you know, a night off, I suppose here with no game. Uh, but I want to take this opportunity to look into the con Smythe odds a little bit, because I actually think there's a really smart way to go about this. We're over with our friends at Points Bet Canada here. Kale McCarr plus 175. I like that spot. I also really think Andre Vasilevsky at plus 600 is undervalued here. So let's say you're going to throw 100 bucks on McCarr, 100 bucks on Vasilevsky. If the McCarr bet hits, you're profiting 175, which means you would win back the money you would lose on the Vasilevsky bet and profit 75 bucks. Not bad. If Vasilevsky were to win the con Smythe, well, you lose out on the 100 bucks you bet on McCarr, but you're winning 600 there. So it's definitely worth it. And I think these two guys are clearly the favorites on their two teams. And I'm trying to follow through the path of how either side could win. And the reason I'm jumping on this now is because we flashed up the stats earlier. How good is Andre Vasilevsky in elimination games? If he has another, let's say he has another shutout in game six and pushes the lightning to the cup final, I can promise you that number is going from minus 600 down to maybe at worst minus or sorry, plus 300. Uh, from plus 600. I think his odds are going to plummet. You're not going to get this good of a payout. So I'm jumping on this now, assuming the Lightning go to the cup final. The McCarr bet, you know, we watched him in that series against Edmonton keep up and at times really shut down Connor McDavid and Leon Drysdale. He was tremendous. If the Avs win this series against the Lightning, I think there will be a part of it that'll be Kale McCarr, the smooth skating, fast defenseman, finding ways to stop guys like Nikita Kucherov. So I think McCarr and Vasilevsky should be the two favorites to win this award. And you can bet on them both and make a profit if one of them wins. So I'm all over this. I'm taking Makar. I'm taking Vasilevsky each to win the Con Smythe just because I think we're in a great spot right now with where the series is and where the odds currently sit as well. I like the theory, but Nathan McKinnon says, hold my beer. I mean, what if he goes off and has a ridiculous cup final series that always seems to weigh in more in the minds of voters than what happened in previous rounds, rightly or wrongly? So I, I just think you're 
maybe leaving yourself open to a huge McKinnon series that could blow up the theory. I don't know. Just my thoughts. You could, you could do the same thing with McKinnon though. And it would actually pay out a little bit better. Right. You right. So you could do the team. same thing, but then I don't see, I, I personally, I obviously I can't bet on the con anyway, because I'm voting, but I would say the one guy that I'd, I think the only guy that I'd be willing to put money on would be Vasilevsky. Yeah, he really does feel like a bit of a slam dunk if the Lightning win, right? Just all those numbers and elimination games, the way he's played in this series, it's probably his to lose if the Lightning win a third straight time, which would be insane. I would also argue that if the Lightning get there and the series goes seven games, that there might be such a split between McCarr and McKinnon that Vasilevsky might win in a losing effort. Hmm, Interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, it depends on how the series plays out. Of course, yeah. you know, how many points does McCarr get from the back end? Is McKinnon have some highlight real plays? You know, does it go seven? I don't know. There's a million ways to think about it, which kind of is what makes this debate and conversation pretty fun. Going to keep an eye on the Con Smythe. Uh, and certainly as we begin next week shows uh, the odds of the Stanley Cup final series as well. So thanks to Tyler for our daily bet segment. That uh, brings us to garbage time with Matt Larkin. And when you take a look at our trade targets board, Matt, there was a certain goalie from the Anaheim Ducks that was prominently featured. And you're thinking that he might be the guy that teams should target. That's right. He's number seven on your board. And if we look at the goalie carousel this offseason, I think a lot of the discussion has revolved around UFAs, guys like Billy Husso or Jack Campbell, Marc-Andre Fleury. I don't think John Gibson is getting enough love. I think he has potential to be the biggest difference maker of any goalie who's potentially available. Okay. He's 28 years old. That's kind of a baby in goalie years. I mean, the Edmonton Oilers just made the conference final with a 58-year-old man. And John Gibson's so young. We know he has a lot of good years left. And I know he struggled in recent seasons in, in Anaheim. But if you look closer, okay, so 2015-16 through 2017-18, 74 goalies who are starting caliber, 1,000 or more minutes of 5-5. Five and five. He was 15th in goals saved above average per 60 minutes. The last three years, he was 61st. So obviously, he struggled. But if you look at the Ducks numbers, defensively, they were middle of the pack in expected goals against when he was playing well. They've been at the bottom of the league, 29th over the past three seasons. That tells us that John Gibson has had terrible defense in front of him. It has not been entirely his fault. If you take John Gibson and insert him on a good defensive hockey team, I think you're going to be shocked at how good he is. We know the talent and the pedigree are there. They haven't gone anywhere. He's just been in a bad situation of a team that's just been losing for several years. Yeah. And I think that bad situation has worn on him. I think his body language has really struggled at times. As I mentioned in the piece, I think that's frustrated him and the Anaheim Ducks and the players in front of him. And I think that's led them to this spot where he is available and the Ducks are trying to move him. And the issue for me is not so much, can he get back to that level? I'm sure that he can, although the stats you quoted were also, you know, 2018, that's four years ago. That's a long time ago. Um, it's possible that he gets back to that level most certainly. And maybe that change of scenery helps, but I don't know that I'd be willing to sign up for five years in terms of term to see if, see it through and, and see if that juice is worth the squeeze. Yeah. And it's a fair point. Obviously term is everything. It's always term over money when you're trying to take on an, a big asset like that. And I do think, of course, the ducks would have to consider eating some money to make the contract a little bit more palatable, but I think it's worth it. And I agree about the body language. I don't think it's been great in the last couple of seasons, but I'm not too worried about that because at the end of the day, he's a goalie, right? I, I don't think Jordan Bennington is known for his sunny personality or Ed Belfour is not known for his sunny personality. I think that's Connor. fine. You're separate from the group. It's not like you're the first line center who needs to drive the team chemistry. So to me, that's a secondary concern. I think the Mark Shifley yeah, the, reference. I love it. 
Yeah. <laughs> the potential gain greatly outweighs the risk with John Gibson in my mind. Interesting. Uh, I will uh, be curious to see who's willing to take that on. No doubt that the Anaheim Ducks are looking to move on from John Gibson. He's part of our top 25 trade targets that was posted on Thursday. We had our top 50 free agent rankings that went on Tuesday. And today featured on dailyfaceoff.com is Chris Peters and his top 100 prospects. A deep dive, multiple paragraphs on the guys that are in the first round and a paragraph at least on every guy in the top 100. It is an absolute bomb if you're a draft nerd or if you're a guy that's looking to understand better what's at stake and available for your team at this uh, July 7th draft, well, head on over to dailyfaceoff.com and read, read Chris Peters. He's put in the time, he's put in the work, and Shane Wright is not the guy that's at the top of his list. So a great read from Chris, a great job today from Matt Larkin and uh, the entire crew behind the scenes for the Daily Faceoff show. Thanks to Tyler Remchuk, John Goyens, as well as our technical producer, Alex Allard. That'll do it for this week's slate of shows. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com over the weekend for all the latest news, insight, and analysis from around the National Hockey League. We'll be back on Monday, 12 noon Eastern. You know where to find us. Until then, have a great weekend and enjoy game six on Saturday night. Thanks for watching the Daily Faceoff Show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.